All right, Paul, we talked about doing a Christmas episode, and uh, no better way to start off a Christmas episode than with a little Christmas music. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, we sure did with that Christmas episode. I think uh, with 2020 being such a strange year and filled with doom and gloom from the coronavirus, I think we wanted to kind of finish off the year on a little bit of a more upbeat note and be able to talk about the Christmas festive season, which is obviously going to be very different this year compared to what we're used to experiencing. It is. But we just make the most of it and just understand that Christmas is all about family. And it's unfortunate that we may not be able to have the large gatherings that we're, we're used to having, but uh, you know, hopefully Christmas will still be good and we can uh, still enjoy it for what it is. Yeah, and we've talked a little bit about this before, just how different regions of the country, different regions in the province have different rules and restrictions, and Toronto is rumored to be moving into the next level of warning zone, whatever that is, or lockdown. Right now we're in the gray zone, but I think they're going to even elevate that further. I think it's going to be basically a total shutdown from December 26th, they're saying, until the until January 1st, I believe. Only till January 1st. I thought it would have been further into January. Oh, maybe it is. Yeah. I might be wrong about that. I just uh, I just know that Doug Ford, our wonderful premier, is talking about having a much more restricted <coughs> lockdown scenario coming into effect from the 26th. So maybe it does go into January further. Yeah, I know that many other Canadian provinces are already into full-scale lockdown. So, you know, if... If Toronto or, or Southern Ontario were to go that course, then I guess we would be in line with many regions throughout the country, throughout the world for that matter. So it's unfortunate, but uh, hopefully hopefully it's over soon. The vaccine coming down the pipe. Yeah, hopefully. Um, so in, in honor of our idea to have a Christmas episode, no one can see me, but I have the... I've got my Christmas hat on, but you're not wearing anything festive. You're not even wearing green or red oh, okay. or anything like that. Yeah, you know, I didn't even dawn on me to uh, to put on a, a festive hat. I have an ugly Christmas sweater. I could have put that on. You should have had that on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, so that the viewers or listeners, I guess, can see what your ugly Christmas sweater looks like. Maybe you can take a photo of yourself in it after and... Um, We'll post it into the show notes. Yes. Yeah. Good idea. We'll do. And I guess we should take some time actually to remind people that we do have a website. I don't think a lot of people know that. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a great website. It has a lot more information and all the, the podcasts can be accessible through the website. And yeah, we have all the episodes are up to date. My wife, who's our behind the scenes producer, put together a I put all the latest episodes up, so we're up to di- up to speed on that. And there you can see things like pictures of, of... I don't think we have a picture of you up there yet. So maybe your Christmas picture will be the first one we put up of you so people can have an idea of who the voice is behind Paul. Okay, sounds good. Or who the face is behind the voice of Paul. Yeah, yeah, the, the mysterious voice of Paul. People need to know, need to see who I what I look like. They do, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, have you ever had that before, though, where you, you watch a radio, you have a radio show you like, and then you end up looking up the person or you find out what they look like, and then you're usually, for me anyway, totally surprised by the way the person looks? Yeah, very much so. Even in, in business, people that you've dealt with through business and you've talked to them over the phone, and when you actually see them in person their appearance is different from what you'd expect them to look like. It's kind of weird that way. But it's kind of a fun game in terms of, you know, the the sound of someone's voice, trying to picture what they would look like if you didn't know, if you had never met them before or hadn't seen a picture of them. I think my first experience with that was the long-time radio voice of the Blue Jays, Jerry Howarth. Okay. And also he used to have a partner in crime called Tom Cheek, or named Tom Cheek, who unfortunately has passed away. But 
they were the voices of the Blue Jays for, I think, about 30 years. And I remember the first time I saw what they looked like. Ball hit deep to left field. Long, high drive. That ball's up, 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 and there she goes. John McDonald hits third base. A high five from Coach Brian Butterfield. I think they did a TV thing where they had the two of them were being that you showed they showed them on camera anyway and i said what that's what jerry howarth and tom cheek look like and it kind of broke the spell a little bit i have to admit what were you expecting like ex ball players or something or like bigger guys no but their voices just didn't match what i was expecting it's yeah. so long ago i can't remember what i was thinking but yeah. even when you listen to some radio programs like with some fairly aggressive hosts mm-hmm. like on 1010 one of the radio stations here in toronto they have these morning show people and they have these personalities they are quite larger than life right and then you look up their photo and you're like that's the guy mm-hmm. yeah the, the other one too is that sometimes people when you're used to seeing them on tv and when you see them in person they're completely different well you and i remember that time when we saw i believe it was lloyd robertson um, famous Canadian oh, yeah. news broadcaster who's now since long since retired. Yeah, I think we saw him once at some kind of a, a luncheon. And if you recall from what we remember, he had this big head, but he was actually a really small guy. And, yeah. you know, when you see someone's face on TV, you don't see the rest of their body. So to see him in person, it's like, wow, he's, he's, a, he's a smaller guy, really shorter than, much shorter than what I expected. Yeah. So sometimes that can be uh, kind of interesting as well. That's fairly typical is a lot of like actors are much shorter than you think. Like Sylvester Stallone's the first guy I think of when it comes to the height of actors that you assume are, are much taller. And then you see them in real life and they're five foot nine or something like that. And they look like they're six foot tall on on in the movies that they're in so all right this is the question round you're gonna ask we're gonna each ask each other christmas questions and i don't really know what to expect exactly but when we talked about this beforehand we said let's come up with seven or eight questions that we can both answer you'll you've come up with some i've come up with some so um do you want to kick it off with your question sure your first question Oh, I should mention I have, uh, in the Christmas spirit, I have some Baileys and coffee. Oh, okay. I, I got my, uh, my fruit smoothie milkshake here, so it's not very festive, but it's healthy at least. All right. Okay, go ahead, shoot. I shouldn't have interrupted. Yeah, no, you shouldn't have. <laughs> uh, here we go. So question number one, people who do not put up Christmas lights around the exterior of their house, should they be considered Grinches or Humbugs? In other words, if, if you pass a house and it has absolutely no Christmas lights up whatsoever, d- does that change your view? Like, do, you, do you think that those people are Grinches because they don't want to participate in the Christmas spirit? And I realize there's exceptions because let's say if, you know, someone is a frontline healthcare worker and they just don't have the time to put it up, you know, I'm not, that that's one thing in, in itself. But let's say just general... Generally, if, if you're walking down your street and your neighbor, who is you probably know is working from home and they don't have any Christmas lights up, what is your view on that? Does your respect level go down a little bit? Well, hold on a sec. So is it Christmas lights or is it Christmas decorations? Or? Anything. Like Christmas decorations or lights. Something, something to, to join in the festive spirit. I would say no, it doesn't. I don't even think twice about it. Okay. Um, if someone doesn't have Christmas stuff up, no, it doesn't even cross my mind. I notice it when there is Christmas stuff up, mm-hmm. and then I, I think that would cross my radar, and I'd say, oh, that's nice. And, and actually, it's funny you mention this because there's a house across the street from us who I'll say they're kind of odd people. Um, they, they really they keep to themselves and they we've we've had these neighbors now probably about 10 years they don't really talk to anybody they're a little bit odd like if you see them and you say hello when you pass them on the street they kind of look at you funny like um sort of stare at you and they don't even really say hello back they just sort of stare at you and kind of like 
looking at you like you didn't even speak their language, but I know they speak English. Um, but what I was going to say is there's, they have a whole bunch of Christmas stuff out front. And I said to my wife, that's interesting. They just don't seem like people that put Christmas stuff, like the type to put Christmas things on their lawn. Like, and these are like very young things. Like there's a big seal with a Christmas hat on. There's a Santa in a sleigh and, and there's all these candy canes they've kind of put along their walkway. And, I just it just seems so out of character mm-hmm. but now that I think of it I think one of their kids had a kid so I think it's because there's some young children that are coming over there now that mm-hmm. maybe they've decided to kind of amp it up but uh yeah there's uh, so no I don't I don't judge it at all okay yeah cuz the reason I asked that question is because on my street people are pretty festive there's a lot of houses on my on my street that are decorated with christmas lights or some kind of christmas decoration but there's a, a, a row of maybe about five or six houses. Like there's a, there's a stretch further down the street where there's nobody, for those five or six straight houses, there's like no Christmas decorations up. And I say, like, you know what? You couldn't make an effort to just fill up some lights or just do something to get in the festive spirit. I don't know. It's just something like that. I go, I'll be honest. It bugs me a little bit when people make no effort whatsoever. But what is Christmas though? I mean, is it about christmas lights and decorations or is it about a religious holiday well i think it's also a sense of community you know i I view it in the sense that you know putting up christmas lights unless there's a really good reason why i can't put it up i will make the effort to put up the christmas lights because it's in some ways it's sort of spreading christmas cheer or or doing my part to Hmm. celebrate the holidays people well for me my my wife and i we take many walks around the neighborhood looking at christmas lights and lots of obviously many people love doing that so i think putting up christmas lights is just a way to kind of brighten up your neighborhood and just a sense of community sense of camaraderie i, I don't see why so you... these folks are are just not satisfying you <laughs> you 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 want to go on a walk and see christmas lights on every house well, and why yet, not? When you pass yeah. these four or five houses and there's no lights. Yeah, just it's, um, my, that bothers my you. view is make the effort. Why not? You don't have to have anything fancy, but at least something that just signifies that, hey, you know what? You're engaged in Christmas. What about Halloween? Like if, if, somebody, if somebody doesn't have a pumpkin out front, is it the same sort of thing? Um, you mean if somebody's they not... Ha- they're not going to accept kids in to the front, like to give candy out. Like, how do you feel about that when you see it? It maybe doesn't bother me as much, but when I take my son out trick-or-treating and there's houses that, that don't give out... I don't necessarily judge. Um, I think people should make an effort to hand out candies for for Halloween. Um, but yeah, Halloween, I'm I'm not. That one doesn't bother me as much as is my my view on that. People should should make the effort to get into the Christmas spirit, especially this year with all the the doom and gloom. You know, if it's a way to kind of brighten up the neighborhood by putting up Christmas lights, then I think it's a good thing to do. Well, you threw your caveat in the beginning, just saying some people don't have time for it. So no, it, and that, um, that's true. Isn't that what if that's the case? How do you know that those people that wow, have put up those I, things that just they don't have time? Depends on what they're doing. Um, yes, there is some exceptions where there might be some people that don't have the time to put up the Christmas lights, or maybe they don't celebrate Christmas, and that's understandable. But there right. is still a large number of houses that just do not put up any kind of Christmas decorations whatsoever. It can't be that many people that are busy. So, you know, go on out there, throw some lights, do something. I have a feeling our listeners, there's going to be a number of listeners who are, are not going to like what you're saying. Really? Really? We need to, need to be more festive. Okay, let's move on. My turn. Have you ever experienced a Christmas incident? And by that, I mean attending a Christmas event, maybe it's a family event, a work event, where there's been some sort of incident that's occurred, like a drunk uncle falling into the Christmas tree, or, I'm going to use drunk uncle again, but a drunk uncle who decides that this Christmas gathering is the time that he's going to bring up some very sensitive issue in the family, and then an, an argument ensues, and there's a, a couple people storm off and they don't talk to each other for six months or maybe something that happened at work, some, some scandalous 
thing, anything that you can think of that's ever um, happened, a, a Christmas incident, embarrassing, scandalous? Well, uh, that's a good question. Um, basically, the answer is no, in that not from a family standpoint. Any family gatherings, I'm glad to say that have been, knock on wood, have been drama-free. There isn't, uh, I don't really... I don't think there's any drunk uncles or drunk aunts in the family or anything like that. All right. Um, well, at least certainly none that have caused any disturbances or, or uh, you know, prematurely ended a Christmas party or anything. So, yeah, I've been pretty lucky in that regards to, to not have to deal with family drama. Okay. Um, really, the only incident that maybe comes to mind is, you know, in years past, some of the um, company Christmas parties I've been to were... Is that one individual that has too much to drink and makes a fool out of himself? Remember, um, one of my Christmas party I went to many, many years ago. There was an employee that she got way too drunk, and I think at one time, at one point, there was a lampshade on her head. And uh, oh, yeah. unfortunately for her, within about a week or so, I think she was let go from the company. So mm. those are examples where you really do still have to behave when you're on the on the company time there. Well, that's an interesting one because could you, th- this is sort of a bit off topic, but in Japan, if you get drunk at a, at a company event and you do something really stupid or tell your boss off or something like that, apparently it's kind of dismissed as okay because, well, you were drunk and not really in control of yourself. So it's not your fault that you did something offensive and obscene. Hmm. It's an open-minded way of looking at it. Very, but, very. Yeah, no, I, I know of a well that what that incident for sure, and I've heard of a few other incidents with people making an arse out of themselves at the Christmas party, and ends up being a very career limiting move. Well, the only thing I can think of is at one Christmas party there was um, an older gentleman that was uh, actually wasn't a gentleman at all, but an older person who um, was dancing. Now, at the time we used to, this was twenty years ago we had a Christmas party where only the the people from the company were allowed to attend it. You weren't allowed to bring your spouses, which is just an absolute recipe for disaster. It is. Yes. Mix, mix alcohol festivities and, um, night and dancing. And, and it's just a recipe for disaster. So there was an incident where somebody basically put their, hands into the back of a woman's dress then reached around to the front and grabbed their breasts yeah. horrible should the diehard movies be considered christmas movies oh that's interesting so there's a few movies like that right where they're not really christmas movies but they've got christmas going on in the background yeah and so should that be considered a christmas movie um hmm no, I would say in the traditional sense, that's a different category of Christmas movies. That is not a Christmas movie. It's a movie where Christmas is in the movie, but it is not a Christmas movie. So I say no. Is there any Christmas drink or food that you absolutely cannot stand that is considered part of Christmas tradition? Um, I'm not really a big fan of uh, Christmas cake, the one with all the fruit in it. Oh, yeah. Um, Me either. Yeah, th- there's a lot of weird Christmas foods that get dragged out, like trifle. I was never a fan of trifle. It's a very English dish. Oh, yeah. like like that. It's a big bowl, and it's got layers in it. Yeah. And I'm not really big. I'm not huge into eggnog either. Lots of drinks involving eggnog. And it's like, yeah, I have one or two sips, but I never end up finishing them. I didn't used to like eggnog, but I kind of like it now. What about you? What are, what are your uh, dislikes of Christmas type of dishes and foods? Well, I say that as are you, as you say that, I'm sipping on my Baileys and coffee right now. So, mm-hmm. so we know you like that. Um, this trifle thing. Now that I'm looking at it, yeah, not my first choice. Um, mince meat pies. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not a fan of mincemeat pies. It just looks weird. Well, here's a question. Is mincemeat, is, well, I think it's minced 
meat, right? Yeah, but it's not even meat. Which it's you, actually a fruit. It's like a fruit mixture of some kind. Yeah, it's considered a sweet. It is, yeah. It's, you, you'd have it in a dessert. So I am going to clarify here. It is actually mince meat, not minced meat. Mm. And uh, mince a mince pie is a sweet pie of English origin filled with a mixture of dried fruits and spices called mincemeat that is traditionally served during the Christmas season in much of the English-speaking world. Mm. So those of the listeners that aren't familiar with it, it's this, yeah, weird spicy, um, it looks like kind of like a pecan pie. If you've ever had a pecan mm-hmm. pie, it kind of looks like that, that brown mixture inside of a pie. But it's a strange taste. I can do them in little tiny doses, but I'm certainly not going to pull out a you know a slice of minced meat pie. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. Yeah, not my first choice. Unwanted or undesirable family members at Christmas. Why is it an obligation? So I ask that question because you hear a lot about families getting together at Christmas that really don't like each other. They do it out of duty. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother, who was a policeman for many years, would tell me you know, early in his career when you have to work the Christmas day shift, you know, most of the day you end up breaking up domestics and fights in people's homes and the turkeys thrown out in front lawn, that type of thing. Jeez. So, you know, if, if certain families, if, if meeting up once a year is such a, uh, an undesirable and, and, you know, d- disastrous occurrence. And why do people do it? Why why are we obligated to spend time with family members that that we may not like or, or don't care about? And I'm not saying this from my personal experience. I'm just saying this in general, where you hear about you know families get together and they can't stand each other, and you know ends up having a fight. Yeah. What do you think about that? Well, yeah, I think it is about people feel that they have this duty to get together at the holidays. So it's a bit of a, well, he's my brother, so I guess I'm supposed to go see him. Yeah, yeah. Or I think also you're kind of doing it for other family members. So if you don't like your brother, then you still go see your brother because that's the way you're going to see your parents Mm -hmm. because they're going to be your brother's hosting a party or you're hosting a party and you're not going to not invite your brother. So there's some of that, I think, where you, I think because you won't see them anyway. And then secondly, I guess it's about maybe putting differences aside for the holidays that for this one day of the year that you can put aside your issues and just do it for everybody's sake. So yeah, it's just part of the holiday tradition. Yeah. Yeah. No, true. But when you know, it's going to be a disaster, you wonder why people put themselves through that. Well, I think there's this feeling that each maybe there's some optimism that this time around, maybe it won't be so bad. Okay. What's the most bizarre Christmas tradition? And we'll say you can, you can select from other countries if you want to, but you can either pick North America or, or another part of the world if you're aware of any traditions there. But what, what's the most bizarre or weird Christmas tradition that, that you've observed? Honestly, I don't really know. Nothing's really coming to mind um, in terms of different cultures. Even just thinking of my own experiences, I, I don't, you know, within my own family, I don't think we have any weird or, or odd traditions or anything like that. Um, okay, I have one for you okay. I want to ask you about. All right, so there's this tradition of a man in a red and white suit who goes to different houses all over the world on one night, December 24th, climbs down a chimney into, into people's homes, often has eats milk and cookies that have been left out for him on the kitchen table, delivers presents, and then climbs up the chimney and out onto the roof and gets into a sleigh with reindeers attached to it and flies off to the next house. Um... Is that not a bit bizarre? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that, that guy Santa Claus is a bit strange, right? <laughs> yeah, I thought you meant in terms of, of traditions within you know, that that we would celebrate within sort of my own family. But no, you're right. The whole concept of uh, you do celebrate that, don't you? Don't doesn't Brandon think that uh, 
He's he's aware that if a man in a red suit comes yeah. and delivers his yeah, presents, he a, takes pictures with him every year. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, the 10-year-old who, uh, yeah. Okay, I got one for you. Do you think that New Year's is one of the most overrated holidays or events? And the reason I bring this up is because you know, normally for celebrating New Year's, we just go to a friend's house. Um, you know, just keep it simple, just a group of people within someone's home. But many years ago, maybe only a couple times, you would go out to a bar or something like that. And, you know, the whole concept of New Year's, you know, even going out to a restaurant, it just seems like it's that one day of the year where restaurants can double the price and bars can charge what they want and absolutely fleece people. From that perspective, going out to going out to celebrate New Year's at a, at a, at a like an establishment somewhere. Do you think it's, it's made out to be so overrated? Um, I would say that a lot of people probably do go and celebrate New Year's in a, in a way that kind of going back to what you were saying earlier about getting together with people they don't like at Christmas. I think New Year's is kind of similar that people, do things that they don't necessarily want to do, but they do it because they feel they have to put some kind of pomp and ceremony around New Year's. Yeah. Because it's a, you know, been built up as this really important time of year, of a new year. Mm-hmm. A, a year is ending and a new one is, is starting. Yeah. So I, I, I think you see a lot of people that are in either camp. You have the going to pull out all the stops, dress up, go out and, and whoop it up and spend hundreds of dollars a person on a new year's celebration. And then you also get the people that just love to stay at home and watch Mm -hmm. uh, the the ball drop or whatever. And, um, and some people, I know I have a friend of mine, he's, he's asleep by probably 1130. He doesn't even wait Mm -hmm. for the ball to drop or any of that stuff. He just, he goes to bed at 1130. So is it overrated? Yeah, probably. But uh, I think people just, some, a lot of people just do it because they think they're supposed, it's some kind of duty to do it yeah to make it into a big deal yeah well absolutely yeah yeah and as i said you know we, we keep it fairly low-key just kind of small group of friends together and you can have just as much fun but yeah i my wife and i we made the decision many years ago that we've never you know go out to a bar or restaurant to celebrate new year's because you get absolutely gouged i think it's just an excuse just to fleece people for money i mean you're really not getting anything anything out of it i remember you know many years ago going to uh a bar for New Year's and you end up paying like 30 bucks a ticket or something. And all you got was like a small 30 bucks. Yeah. Something like that. And really all you got was like, like a small, that's pretty cheap. What was this? Like a, no, it's just like, it was at a, a pub or something like that. And you're basically paying for the privilege of being there on New Year's. But that was your first problem. It, it, Going yeah. to a New Year's Eve party that only costs 30 bucks a person. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you didn't get anything for it. You just I think they, they may have passed out a couple of miniature, things of champagne or something, but yeah, you didn't get anything for that 30 bucks. It was just to essentially just enter the building and just be there on New Year's. And I just said, wow, this is kind of a ripoff, you know? So my, my wife and I at 60 bucks, I could have taken that 60 bucks and stayed at home and ordered up for a really nice meal or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Most despised Christmas song and that can be a christmas carol it could be a christmas holiday song that you hear typically played and then on the flip side of that favorite christmas song if you have one Hmm. i don't know if i have a necessarily one particular christmas song that i despise i don't like it when certain christmas songs are are butcherized in that you know, people sing it and, and take liberties with traditional songs or, you know, there's, I've heard some pretty bad Christmas songs. I, I Like bad versions yeah, of bad songs? Yeah, bad versions of songs. And I, I forget the, the, the names or, or versions or, or who sang them. But yeah, just generally speaking, yes, I've heard some, some really bad versions of Christmas songs where, you know, I hate it when, right. when artists come out with a Christmas album just for the sake of a Christmas album, you know, like why, why do all music um, artists 
feel compelled that you, they have to do a Christmas album. It's just a cash well, grab. Well, that's a really good one, and I actually wanted to bring that up. Yeah. Did you know that, first of all, did you know that um, Billy Bob Thornton is a, has a band? I think I knew that, yeah. They're called the Boxmasters, and um, they actually have a Christmas album. Like why? It's called Christmas Cheer by the Boxmasters. Yeah, and, yeah, like just I stuff mean, like that. Like, why does everyone feel compelled that they have to do a Christmas album? Like, no. Let's let's have a listen to one of these songs just so we have a sense of what these guys sound like. I'll have a blue Christmas without you. I'll be so blue just thinking about. That is Blue Christmas by the Boxmasters. Good example, as you said, of a, a band that needs to feel... A, they have to be a band in the first place. And then secondly, they have to have a Christmas album. But um, any favorite Christmas songs? Um, well, I like traditional Christmas carols. I'm very much a traditionalist when it comes to, to Christmas stuff like that. I think people have got that impression you're kind of a conservative guy and that you're very much a traditional guy. Well, um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I can be a little uh, traditionalist that way. Like, you know, for example, like White Christmas has got to be sung sung by by Bing Crosby, for example. Yeah. Um, yep. So yeah, I, I like the the original Christmas music, Christmas carols. Um, yeah. You know, there, there is some more contemporary stuff, which is is good, but. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm more of a traditionalist, so I, I don't. Again, I don't know if I have a true number one favorite, but I don't. I, I like my traditional Christmas music not to be uh, not to be butcherized or played with too much. How about you? All right, so here's the one that I despise. I don't want a lot for Christmas. Mariah Carey? That's it, yeah. Okay. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. It's a song that gets very overplayed. Yeah, I'm not a huge Mariah Carey fan myself, so I'm indifferent on it. But yeah, I, I can see why you may not like that. Yeah. yeah it's very much overplayed. Make my wish My wife uh, saw the list of questions that I asked you and uh, or that I was going to ask you and she actually had a, a song that she wanted us to play on the air today. Um, so I'm going to do it just for for her. I don't know if I can make that other song stop. There we go. All right. I don't know if you've ever heard this song before, but um, I'm going to play it. Hey, Jingity Jing, it's Dominic the Donkey, Jingity Jing, the Italian Christmas Donkey, la 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 the cutest little it Italian donkey. Christmas? Mm-hmm. Never see him yeah, it's called when Dominic the Donkey, the Christmas album. Oh, okay. And it's Lou Monty. Yeah, it's kind of one of those goofy songs. Like, I, I wouldn't seek it out. Let's put it that way. All right. Back to you. What do you got there? Let's do one more. Well, um, let's go with an obvious one. What's your favorite Christmas movie? A Christmas Story. Okay. All right. No doubt about it. Number one favorite. No hesitation, right? Absolutely. Love it. It's, um, it's yeah, A Christmas Story. Many reasons why it's a favorite. Number one, it takes place in the 40s, I believe. It just seems like a Christmassy time. It's about a kid who wants a BB gun for Christmas. And so there's a that 
feeling of being a kid and what a kid wanted. And the whole time through the movie, as parents, as teachers, everybody says, you can't have one because you'll shoot your eye out. What would you like for Christmas? Horrified. I heard myself blurted out. I want an official Red Rider Carbon Action 200 Joe Wayne's Ball Air Rifle. Ooh. No. Shoot your eye out. Oh, no. It was the classic mother BB gun block. <laughs> You'll shoot your eye out. BB guns are dangerous. I don't want anybody shooting his eye out. Awesome movie. Part of it was filmed in Toronto, which also is another reason I like it. Some of the scenes were shot in Toronto. And uh, I still I remember a friend of mine, his dad remembers the day they were shooting these scenes in Toronto because there were all these old cars from the 40s parked on uh, the street near where his his mother lived, his uh, the, my friend's grandmother. Um, they used the street down in the Greenwood area, mm-hmm. I think it was, or down by Eastern Avenue. Yeah, Greenwood, I think. Yeah, area. yeah. Yeah, if I'm coming from, I think it was filmed in the early 1980s, right? It was like 86, I think. Yeah. Maybe 84. Mm-hmm. Great movie. I highly recommend it. It's a tradition. In some some stations play it on Christmas Day for the whole day, back yeah. to back, like over and over and over again. So it's one of those things I love to just have on in the background. It's, it's just a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. What about you? So my overall, my favorite Christmas movie is A Christmas Carol. And again, going back to sort of my traditionalist ways, I like the original black and white version, one filmed in 1951 starring Alistair Sim. And usually they... Was it 1951? 1951, yeah. And usually... It looks older than that. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It does look older than that. But yeah, filmed in early 1950s. And yeah, that's that's my all-time favorite because it's more of like a family tradition. Um, do you watch it in the black and white version only, or will you watch a colorized... Because they've colorized it. Do you watch it in color? Um, I'll, I'll watch it in both. Um, my, my wife doesn't really like watching black and white. So her deal is that if, if I'm making her watch it, then it has to at least be colorized and that that's okay. Uh, but yeah, I think usually every Christmas Eve, um, one of the, the local channels usually airs that and you can get it on Netflix or Amazon anyway. But yeah, that's sort of a, a Christmas tradition watching that. We also like Home Alone as well. Okay, Home Alone and A Christmas Carol. Here's a question. A uh, Christmas Carol, you it's your favorite. Will you watch it from the very beginning until the very end every time you watch it? Yes. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Do you know I don't think I've ever watched that movie front to back. It's uh it's a it's a long movie from what I remember. It just seems um, to go on and on and on. I don't, know, I don't think so. Standard length, maybe an hour and 40 minutes or so. Actually, you're right. You know what? It is only an hour and 26 minutes. You know what I'm confusing it with? I'm confusing it with It's a Wonderful Life. Okay. You know, I don't think I've actually seen Wonderful Life from start to finish. I probably should. I know Wonderful Life is probably on many people's lists of all-time favorite Christmas movies. But yeah, I haven't. um, that one I haven't really given a, a shot at. Do you know It's a Wonderful Life was a, actually a bomb at the box office when it came out? And it only became a hit, like, after? I think I heard that. Yeah, yeah. It, it, later on, it became sort of like a, a cult favorite. So It's a Wonderful Life is two hours and ten minutes. That's, okay. uh, so that's pretty long for It a is, yeah. Especially for a movie, I think it was made in the 1930s, if I'm not mistaken. That seemed long for a movie made back then. Yeah, actually, it was funny enough. You say it, it was 1946 it was made. Hmm. Okay. So, right. again, a movie that seems older than it is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I think the thing that makes these movies kind of go on forever is, like, in, in the sense that it feels like they're um, they're long is because you're you're aware of a few scenes in the movie, and so you kind of focus it. So when you see, like, you know, every... What's the girl say by the Christmas tree? That's right. That's right. Had a boy, I think maybe because you kind of have these scenes that you expect, and once they're gone and done, you're like, okay, when's the movie over? You know, sort of going back to what we were talking about before with, you know, is are the Die Hard movies, well, Die Hard 1 and 2, are they considered Christmas movies? It's interesting how there are certain movies that are always played on Christmas Day. Like, I was just thinking to myself that, 
on Christmas Day, you will always find the Godfather being played. And I would not call that a Christmas movie. Again, maybe... Just, I, I wasn't aware that The Godfather was often seen on Christmas oh, Day. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, usually AMC or one of those channels. Guaranteed. Christmas Day, look it up. You will find Godfather somewhere. And yeah, definitely not Christmas movies. Usually you'll find the James Bond movies get played around Christmas time as well. So, yeah, I, I just find it interesting how there are certain movies that you will always find them being aired in and around Christmas. So, yeah, look it up. Christmas Day, you'll find The Godfather. I'm, I am looking almost absolutely uh, sure. Yeah, here it is. How The Godfather Became an Unlikely Holiday Classic. Yeah. Huh. Now, that's a long movie, yeah. but well worth it. Oh, I forgot to tell you one of my favorite Christmas songs. It's Teddy the Red-Nosed Senator. <laughs> that's a real song. Anyway, let's move on to news, strange news, Christmassy, if possible. Yeah, I found there's two stories here that are are Christmas related. There's one headline that jumped out at me saying, illegal winery busted at Alabama Town's sewage plant. So this holiday season, as we're thinking about uh, gifting bottles of wine to people. You've got to repeat that title again. Illegal winery busted at Alabama Town's sewage plant. So okay. we've all had a, a horrible bottles of wine given to us at Christmas time. So the headline is that sheriff's officials say that they've busted an illegal winery that was operating at a municipal sewage plant in a small North Alabama town. So they received an anonymous tip about alcohol operation at a municipal building. Investigators then uncovered what was described as a large illegal winery inside the wastewater treatment plant. Okay, that's, uh, I guess, maybe the last place you'd expect to find a winery. But why are they, what was illegal about it? It just wasn't licensed or? Yeah, it's it's not licensed. It sounds like a prohibition kind yeah. of thing, like something they were trying to do under under law enforcement because it was, or under the, um, you know, so they weren't known that they were doing this. Um, why the hell would they do it there? Why don't they just go to a place where you would normally make wine? Yeah, so your question about the legality of it, it says it's legal to make limited amounts of wine at home in Alabama, but it's illegal to have more than 15 gallons of homemade wine or beer at a time. So they showed uh, fermenting vessels what appeared to be more than 100 gallons of white and red wine. So hmm. there you go. So if you get a. And this happened at Christmas time? Yeah, I think this is recent. Yeah, this is this, this week. So yeah, well, wine certainly goes with Christmas. Yeah. So I guess that qualifies, mm-hmm. and it happened in December. So yeah, okay. What else do you got? Yeah. You had another story. What what was the other one? The headline is um, Vatican Darth Vader Nativity Scene gets earthly thumb down. So to explain this one here, um, so St. Peter's Square in the Vatican, um, they have nativity scenes. Um, within their, their square every Christmas. And okay. sometimes they can take, according to this article, they, they've taken liberties with, I guess, the what is, I guess, provided or, or what is um, the nativity scene that is created uh, within this square. And, and I guess this year's version of it took a lot of liberties. So they're saying that there's... Apparently, it's a futuristic scene that includes an astronaut and a character reminiscent of Darth Vader from Star Wars. So apparently, this is creating quite the stir because, especially at the Vatican, the most holy place on the planet, <laughs> almost. And you would expect it's the holiest, well, but it's the most religious. The, sorry, yes, you're right. I should correct that. Yes, the most religious place. You would think that the, any kind of a nativity scene in St. Peter's Square would be very traditional. So for them yeah. to take liberties with a futuristic Star Wars type of nativity scene seems really bizarre. I'm just seeing if there's some picture of this thing here. Yeah. Um, first thing that came up for me was a Snopes article that actually says that this, uh, it says here, does the nativity, the Vatican have Darth Vader in its nativity scene it says here that this is a false story, but is this the same story as what you found? Yeah, no, there's pictures of it and everything. What, so, what's the source? Uh, Huffington Post. Hmm. 
Yeah. So no, it's showing pictures of it. So this thing is, is there, I don't know if it was there temporarily or if it was there just as a joke. So some of the descriptions are is that Mary, Joseph, the three kings, and the shepherds look like cubic chess figures, and the animals are squat and square. I'm just looking at this, and it says here, Edmonton Sun reported on it, Vatican Darth Vader nativity scene gets earthly thumbs down. And then this is a link to this article within Snope saying it's fake. But mm. is it because it, they look like Star Wars figures, or are they actually Star Wars figures? Well, because they look like Star Wars figures. So essentially how I think how it works here is that these nativity scenes are donated by towns and local artists. Yep. So this year's artist happened to be a a modernistic um, artist that obviously wanted to take a different approach. So the clarification, the clarification on this is that it's, it is a star Wars or sorry, it is a nativity scene in the Vatican that some have said is a Star Wars nativity. That's yeah. Darth Vader in this scene, but it's actually just that it it's a looks like him. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not if an official Star Wars nativity scene, but people are drawing comparisons, Got and it. they okay. feel that it's just it. inappropriate, especially given its location, and just in general, I would think that many people, you know, in, in Italy where Catholicism is. is you know, very prevalent and very important part of their culture that they wouldn't take kindly to interpretations on, you know, various um, religious artifacts and, and, um, and figures. All right. Um, I got a story here that I wanted to share. It's not really a weird news story, but it's a, a weird Christmas tradition. Um, in fact, I found a few. But the one that I I really wanted to highlight was a tradition in uh, Catalonia. Mm -hmm. It says, Welcome to the bizarre Catalan tradition of cagatio, or defecating log. Okay. So locals in Catalonia create a character out of a log, drawing a face on it and giving it a hat. Then they spend a fortnight feeding it fruits, nuts, and sweets. On Christmas Eve, the entire family beats the log with sticks and sings a traditional song that translates to, if you don't crap well, I'll beat you with a stick until the log excretes all its treats. Yeah. They also decorate their nativity scenes with small pooping ceramic figurines. Usually well-known characters often drawn from that year's news. The figurines always have their pants around their ankles. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> yeah, you definitely need to uh, attach a link for that in the show notes. I want to read more on that one. That seems so bizarre. All right. Let me include one more. Going back to where I spent the last three years of my life mm-hmm. in Japan, a very traditional thing to do on Christmas Day is you order chicken from Kentucky Fried Chicken. Okay. All right. Well, I know that um, a lot of people, one of their Christmas traditions, either Christmas Eve or, or New Year's Eve, is that they order it for Chinese food. So that's right. that's not too unusual. But yeah, KFC in Japan, that's, I would, I'm a little bit surprised it's KFC. Well, so KFC is quite popular in Japan, and it says here, due to a combination of tiny Japanese ovens and a clever marketing campaign convincing locals that fried chicken is a traditional American Yuletide feast, reservations have to be made to eat at a KFC on Christmas Day. During the run-up to Christmas, Colonel Sanders' statues outside KFC's Japanese outlets wear Santa gear. The chicken is served in a special holiday packaging. Demand is such that an online service has been created. Order your Christmas family bucket in advance and have it delivered. Interesting. So did you ever observe that when you were there? No, because we were, except for last year, we were always out of the country when Christmas was going on. Mm-hmm. We always came back to Canada. Yeah. But last year we we stayed, and I wouldn't say I noticed any Colonel Sanders with Santa costumes or outfits <laughs> on. Yeah. But, um, well, Paul, I'm glad we got our first, we talked about this Christmas edition complete, mm-hmm. and I think we're going to try to put up a New Year's edition of some kind sure. right? next next yeah. episode. Yeah, absolutely. So we Why can not? do a little reflecting, maybe, and uh, yeah, hopefully brighter and good things ahead for twenty twenty one. 
an improvement from what we've experienced this year. But uh, yeah, I'm glad we did this Christmas episode. It's nice to uh, finish off the year on, as I said, more of a of a brighter note, keep it more laid back. I know that we've tackled some heavy topics and subjects throughout the year, so this was a nice one just to kind of have a, a good good Christmas fireside chat, I guess. Yeah. Well, as I said before, people are welcome to write to us. They can email us at wetalkedaboutthis99 at gmail.com or go to our website at wetalkedaboutthis.net. Love to hear your feedback. And I just want to say that this episode was brought to you by Pace Painting. Pace Painting, full disclosure, it's my brother-in-law's painting company, and he's um, fast, reliable, efficient, does great work, and he's agreed to sponsor our coffees during our our podcast so thank you to peter at pace painting i'll put up details about how to get a hold of peter he does residential painting he does commercial painting great guy pace painting you know hitler and caesar and Agnew and nixon stalin and lenin and david the Klansman. Famous politician of all. Teddy the Red Nose Senator had a very shiny car. And if you ever saw it, you were probably near a bar. All of the other senators wondered how he got his dames. They thought he drank too many to play in any bedroom games. Then one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa came to say, Teddy, with your nose so red, won't you help me guide my sled? That's how the police found them, wrapped around a maple tree. Teddy, the red-nosed senator, he's a drunken SOB. He's a drunken SOB.